The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, ever wonder why certain NFL teams wear the colors that they do? Some are pretty obvious, but others, well, just listen to the show. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, we're back. It's Tuesday night. I got those thick pieces of notes, pieces of paper. (laughs) But I have like a really thick notebook. Uh, I usually use the yellow, the long form yellow uh, notebook thing. You know what I'm talking about, the the notepad. But I got this new notebook and the papers are like really thick. They don't sound the same in the mic. Anyway, NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome in. This show is for you guys and gals. It's cool if you already know this stuff. We always start off this uh, right here. But, uh, you know, if you know it, great. Congratulations, you know, cookies for you. But there's always someone else who does it. Let's just remember that, people. This show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to do three things. That is enlighten, teach, and learn is the Behind the Mic podcast. I'm your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports and also Belly Up Media. The Belly Up Sports podcast network and also bellyupsports.com go to that website click on it read the stories check out the merch as well as listening to the shows especially this one and you can catch all of our shows especially this one on our home base of megaphone also the favorites apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, amazon music stitcher iHeartRadio, and youtube all right so i almost overslept i had a night uh a nice little well not a night but a nap before I uh, did the show, and uh, oh, oh, look, we're here. It's too late now. This is great, you know. So, um, but I was going through some things uh, last week uh, again, you know, with my show ideas. And as of what was it last? Well, it was two years ago, actually, June second of twenty twenty one, we dropped a show called "The Name Game," and it was about the origins of NFL franchise names, you know, how, how'd you get your name? You know, Dallas Cowboys, Miami Dolphins. Some of them are pretty obvious, um, and, and it's great. But lately, lately there's been talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, them going back to those creamsicle uniforms. I even had a short discussion at work today about a couple of things. And uh, one of my buddies, who's a Miami Dolphins fan, was talking about how he did not know that – Miami basically had a, a second pro football franchise. And there's a lot of those. And one day I'll get in uh, in depth about that as well. But uh, and, and we'll talk about those Miami Seahawks. <laughs> they used to be in the AAFC it only lasted a year. Um, but when it came down to it, how how everybody come up with the colors? Some of these answers are kind of obvious of uh, the way that they are. The teams are geographically positioned and then others are way more interesting. Hopefully I did this in a good order. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and kick this thing off. We're going to start in the AFC East. All right. So the New England Patriots, 
you know, of course, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Red, white, and blue. They're the Patriots. Of course, they came into the, to professional football at, in the AFL, right? 1960. Of course, uh, for the longest, New England Patriots actually wore red from 1960 all the way through 1992. And in 1993, they made their main colors royal blue. Um, but some of this was because red was associated with the British red coats, you know, of the Revolutionary War, right? The soldiers, the red coats. Um, they went with the blue part of it with the American colonists that they were trying to represent. Uh, although red was that original color. And they still have those throwback uniforms and those are great. I, we still like seeing Pat Patriot on the side of the helmet and the all red uniforms. But that's an origin color that was pretty simple, right? 2000, they went from the Royal to the Navy Blue and they really liked throwing uh, those, uh, well, they pretty much went with those color rush uniforms with the all uh, Navy Blue, you know, pants and the, uh, and the jersey so i mean it's pretty good that's pretty simple right new england patriots the new york jets though gets a little bit more interesting and when you see these teams wear these uh throwback uniforms <laughs> some of them are really god awful uh and some of them are actually pretty interesting if you didn't know your team's history a lot of fans especially if you go to the games you know this and you see it uh, but the, Jan the, the New York Jets, they originally were the New York Titans of the AFL uh, in 1960 again. But they wore Notre Dame colors. And I've come to find out there's a lot of teams, they really like that, you know, that to be associated with uh, a great college football team. And it started with their colors or they were fans of certain college football teams. When we do the NFC in two weeks, you'll start to see that and why. But they wore the navy and gold at the time. And in 1963, the original owner sold the team to Sonny Werblin. Uh, they, he buys the team, and he renames them the New York Jets. But Sonny Werblin was born on St. Patrick's Day. So he changes the colors to Kelly Green and White, you know, along with renaming the team. Of course, in 1998, they went with those darker Hunter Green colors in 2019. They go with what they like to call that New York Gotham green. So yeah, there's the New York Jets. The Miami Dolphins, another one of those teams. I mean, it was pretty simple. When they came in to the, uh, the NFL and uh, well, into the AFL, uh, there was another easy one. And this was inspired by South Beach's Ocean Drive. The aqua and the orange, the sea and the sun. That's not hard, right? And then... There are those Buffalo Bills, another AFL team, and their founder, Ralph Wilson, uh, he being from Detroit, okay, he was born and raised in Detroit, uh, he actually used the old Lions blue and silver colors, and then two years later, they went with mostly blue and white. Uh, later on, they would add that splash of red to their uniforms, and I really loved those uh we was talking about i was asked what my favorite nfl uniform was and i really don't have one but one of my favorite helmets all time actually was the buffalo bills when they were wearing not the blue face mask i'm sorry not the blue face mask but the red helmets you know i, I liked watching andre reed running around 
uh, you know, with the football after a catch with that helmet. And I actually had that same face uh, mask, that the double bar at the top and the double bar at the bottom. Yeah, that's what I had in high school. Love that face mask. But uh, they actually, I mean, interesting fact that I learned um, on an NFL throwback video was that they went with those red helmets to make it easier uh, to throw to their wide receivers. They were easier targets with those red helmets. I mean, you didn't see too many red helmets outside of like the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, for instance, but uh, that's what they did that for. But their colors, the red, uh, well, really the blue and the white, that, that blue part of it was representative of the blue collar spirit of Buffalo, New York. That's where that came from. So that's what they went with. Well, let me go with the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South, right? We know that they wear the blue and they wear the white, okay? And they were originally from Baltimore, but let's take it back a little bit. 1946, the, AF, the AAFC was founded. That's the All-America Football Conference uh, in 1946. And by 1947, the original Baltimore Colts, the first version, actually, of the Baltimore Colts began play due to the fact that the Miami Seahawks, that very first professional football franchise in Miami, was terrible. By the end of the 1946 season, if you go back and you listen to you know, my series on the AAFC, their owner, Harvey Hester, actually was probably, of all of the owners that came in uh, to start this league, he was at the bottom of the totem pole financially. And he couldn't even pay his players by the end. And those players ended up becoming property of the Baltimore franchise that they started that actually wore green and white um, in 1947. Before they started play, they got the, the rights to those players. That was part of the deal. And that only lasted three years, but they were one of the three teams taken into the NFL in 1950 along with the 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. They only lasted a year there. Crazy part is, is that they actually had a couple of Hall of Famers outside of George Blanda, who played only one game. Their quarterback at the time, in 1947, the only time that they went at least 500, they were 7-7 seven seven that year, they would lose to the Buffalo franchise in their, I can't remember if it was Eastern or Western Conference Championship, but it was the game before the championship. Uh, and Y.A. Tittle was their quarterback. They had another Hall of Famer, future NFL Hall of Famer, Artie Donovan, who played on the defensive line. He had an interesting career, especially with the Colts. But the team folded up eventually, right? Uh, and then they were 1-11 in 1950. They go away. In 1951, another team that had been uh, sort of fused together, the New York Yanks, another AAFC team, had kind of folded. They weren't, they started in 1949, but they didn't get to come over with the rest uh, with those other three teams. But that team became the Dallas Texans. The Dallas Texans, the original Dallas, Dallas Texans, not the Kansas City Chiefs version of the Dallas Texans that started with the AFL in 1960. They did wear that blue and white. The original Texans only lasted one year in 1952 because they were terrible. 53, they bring that team back. Carol Rosenblum, who's a friend of the present commissioner at the time, he said, hey, you know, we want you to come in and, um, you know, own this franchise. And it worked out. It really did because the Baltimore Colts turned into a short dynasty and they won a couple of championships along the way. 
Um, but the those Colts kept those colors. There was no real explanation as to why it was blue and white. But, I mean, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they wear blue and, and white and silver as well uh, with a splash of little navy on the helmets and, and, you know, with the numbers or whatnot. But that that was the the origin or the genesis of the Colts colors. Of course, and they, they, they ended up leaving Baltimore. Uh, I mean, they loved, they, I mean uh, the Colts left Baltimore and ended up in Indy. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, another one of those simple ones. They kind of bit the sandwich of the Miami Dolphins in their colors. Once they came in as an expansion franchise in 1995, um, again, this isn't hard. They chose teal. Of course, they wear, they're the only NFL team who has four primary colors. Teal, they have gold, and they also have uh, the white and black, okay? Um, but theirs, their teal was supposed to be representative of the ocean waves and the blue sky. Only team that wears teal in the league, in league history. The Tennessee Titans, of course, they have an interesting history. Again, the Titans were one of those old AFL teams that originated as the Houston Oilers. They came in uh, with Bud Adams. Bud Adams, of course, who was the, he's on the list, short list of uh, candidates to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it should be. Uh, he was with, along with the food, what was called the Foolish Eight. Those were the eight owners that started up the AFL. Uh, and in those owners' meetings, uh, he chose the color Columbia Blue. Um, he beat Lamar Hunt of the Kansas City Chiefs to that color. He actually uh, wanted that, uh, Lamar Hunt actually wanted the Chiefs to wear that that powder blue color. He did. Uh, in 1999, they added a little navy blue uh, to their jerseys along with that Columbia blue and the red and the white. Uh, but that's always been their, their colors. I guess it was like a favorite of his. Hmm, go figure. Houston Texans, their colors, because uh, they replaced the Titans in Houston. Bud said, hey, look, I need a new stadium. What is it always? I need a new stadium or a better stadium. The city doesn't want to come through. And so they said, well, we'll find someone who will. They did here in Nashville. And then in 2002, the Texans kicked off things, and their colors purely came from the Texas state flag, the dark, what they call dark navy blue and battle red. That's where their colors come from. So that's, like I said, again, that's one of those easy ones. Now, for some more that were a little bit more interesting, and let's start in the AFC West. The L.A. Chargers, as another one that's much like, hey, all these coastal teams, it's all about the sun with them, right? And the water. Powder blue and gold. The sunny blue skies of L.A. or San Diego. AFL team again, 1960. Uh, typical Southern Cal or SoCal, you know, uh, weather and ambiance. And you just look out. And see, okay, this is what we have, and we're going with those colors. It's, it's a great choice. They're one of my favorite uniforms in the league. And I did tell that Miami Dolphins friend, a fan friend of mine that I do really love actually the present-day uh, aqua uniforms of the Miami Dolphins. I just love that that look of those jerseys without all the stripes on the, on the arms. That's just me. Uh, but the Chargers in 1970 actually changed their colors from 1960. That was what their thing was, was the powder blue and gold. Uh, then they go with the dark royal blue in the 70s. In the 80s, they went more with the navy blue. 
2019, they had a, the powder blue as alternate, I mean, you know, those little alternate jer jerseys. And of course, the early 2000s, they go right back to the original powder blue. So uh, not just an alternate. So that they're wearing that primarily now, right? So we love that with the LA Chargers. The Kansas City Chiefs, again, AFL 1960. A lot of AFL teams in the AFC, uh, that old AFL teams that are in the AFC. And of course, the head of the Foolish Club was Lamar Hunt. And again, his original color that he wanted uh, was that Columbia blue. And, you know, like I said, it's not the, the you know, the original Dallas Texans, you know, not that 52 version, but they wear the gold and the red. And there's no explanation why as to why they chose gold and red. I mean, it does fit um, what they, you know, with them being the Kansas City Chiefs or whatnot. But Bud Adams, again, of the Houston Oilers, he got it first. He actually sat down at those 1959 AFL ownership meetings and he chose that color, you know. And I, I'm, for me, I think that it was Hunt's second choice. Not explaining why. That, that there was no explanation that I found as to why. I think that'd be a great cut uh, question. So the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, the LA Vegas Raiders, 1960 AFL. Here we go again. Steeler fans will find this funny if you don't already know this, but the Raiders actually played in black and gold. I had no idea. That I mean, and, and even uh, I, I want to see a picture of the 1940s army's teams because apparently they wore the silver and black and i guess you know where that came from right you know it, the raiders i don't think they've ever won uh wore those alternate uniforms if you see the old uniform the helmet is all black it almost looks like the chicago bears but with, instead of being trimmed in orange trimmed in gold that's what the old raiders looked like for the first three seasons before they switched over when Al Davis became the head coach and GM. Uh, he was a fan of Army football in the 1940s, and he liked that silver and black color that they wore along with, uh, you know, their uniforms at the time. Crazy part is, if you look at Army now, you would probably say, well, they wear black and gold now. So, you know, in the Raiders, old colors. I mean, Go figure, man. Go figure. The Denver Broncos... Yeah, they had the ugliest colors when they first started, but they were a really poor team. Had no idea how poor that they really were, but I'd read this before because they had those brown and mustard yellow uh, uniforms with those striped socks. Those uniforms were actually secondhand uniforms from a defunct college all-star game. It was called the Copper Bowl. And Jack Faulkner, who was their second head coach ever he was hired in i think it was in 1962 fans hated those those uniforms and i guess for good reason and the broncos really didn't wear those uh alternate uniforms very much i don't think but um he, he turned not only the team around because they were bad they matched the uniforms matched their play ugly i even read that they didn't even have a playbook because it was so small didn't even exist and so jack Faulkner established a lot of things uh, and including changing those colors over. So you wonder why the Broncos wear that orange and blue. Of course, they primarily wore all orange top uniforms, you know, jerseys at one time with the white um, bottoms, with the white pants. And of course, you know, as of 1997, they started wearing that navy blue. And, you know, fans have to agree. I actually love those uniforms. 
they started winning Super Bowls after that, uh, after losing so many, you know, in the John Elway era uh, until those last two years in 97 and 98. But so they go to that orange and that royal, uh, that royal blue. Um, why? Well, Faulkner actually was a, a Ohio native and obviously grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. And so that's why he chose orange. And then, you know, they put the blue trim on there because he actually was up under Sid Gilman for, for a time coaching with the San Diego Chargers. He wasn't a head coach. You know, Sid Gilman was a head coach. But those are the two colors that he chose based off of his two experiences right there. And as for those ugly uniforms, after their final scrimmage that they played during training camp, they burned them publicly. <laughs> they burned every last one of those uniforms. Set them on fire. Sure did. All right, AFC North. This is another one of those. Oh, God, I'm so glad. Pittsburgh, don't don't ever wear those Bumblebee uniforms ever again. That's where they started off at, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they wore the black and gold. And the, the, the colors, the black and gold colors, actually are for... You know, the steel industry, the coal and the iron ore that makes steel. That's what it's all based off of. The city's steel making history. Uh, and, you know, you see all of their professional sports teams wear it. The Steelers, the Pittsburgh Pirates of Major League Baseball and the NHL's Penguins. That's why they wear that, why they wear that color. 1933, they had those Bumblebee unis um, and they, the Pittsburgh Pirates originally. And in 1968, they switched over to the uniforms that they wear now, but the colors have never changed. Cleveland Browns, that was pretty simple, but the story behind it was pretty interesting. Again, 1946, Paul Brown is one of those that uh, starts that uh, the AAFC uh, as head coach, GM, and part owner of the of the team that bared his name. Um, his previous stops was as a head coach at Great Lakes Naval. I'm working way, my way backwards. Great Lakes Naval Station, okay, uh, in Illinois. And then before that, he coached Ohio State. But before that, his old high school alma mater, Massillian High School in Ohio, they wore orange. That's where the orange came from with the Cleveland Browns. And of course, they wear the brown because of his name. Um, it's not hard. Uh, and he played quarterback there as well as being a head coach that turned that high school team around when the original head coach stepped away. And I think he stepped away for another job. It may have been in co uh, college head coach position. But when he stepped away, you know, he became the coach and took that school to history. And it's actually the, the um, stadium is partly named after him, too. You know, Paul Brown, you know, uh, Tiger Stadium up there in Massillian, Ohio. Um, and then there's the Cincinnati Bengals, Paul Brown's second team, 63. Brown was fired unceremoniously by Art Modell, the new owner, because, you know, they was just butting heads, and Brown wanted to be able to do everything and tell the owner, you know, kick rocks with no shoes, but that wasn't happening. Uh, we've talked about that history, but the Bengals, I, I almost feel like it was kind of a uh, – a, poking the ribs to Art Modell that the Cincinnati Bengals colors ended up being still orange uh, when he took over. In 1967, there was approval that Cincinnati could have this football team. And again, 
Paul Brown's hired as a head coach and GM. I don't he may have had a small ownership stake. I don't even remember, but um, in 1968, they made their debut wearing those black and orange. Of course, they had all orange hair helmets, just like the Browns at the time, but just said Bengals on the, on the helmet. So, you know, you got the Bengal Tiger colors. Let's, there you go. Again, Massillian High School and the Cleveland Browns. He stuck with the orange, but he threw black in there instead of brown. And speaking of Art Modell, Baltimore Ravens. So March 28th and 29th, Robert Ursay, he moves the Baltimore Colts in the middle of the night per the snow, in the driven uh, sideways snow. You saw the cameras out there uh, after midnight, you know, or around midnight, the Mayflower trucks are, are moving all of the equipment from Baltimore. They're on their way to Indianapolis. And meanwhile, in Cleveland, Art Modell, uh, he wants a new stadium. Again, I've talked about this before. The show was called I'm Leaving You For Her. <laughs> I know. But they, I mean, the city was putting money in the basketball gun arena. They was putting it in, you know, in the um, uh, in the in the baseball stadium for the Cleveland team uh, baseball team. And I mean, the renovations were going to be, you know, upwards of what a hundred somewhere between 165 175 million something like that and the city wasn't trying to do it and the stadium was 65 years old so he's like look we're out and he got approval for it uh but and they was going to relocate to baltimore february of 96 they got the approval but the move was okay well you can move but exchange for the name history and the colors they have to stay in cleveland when cleveland if and when Cleveland does get another fan, uh, professional football franchise here, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns again. And so, you know, the Ravens. The Ravens got their inspiration from Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe's poem, what, The Raven. So, uh, and he references uh, the colors purple and black in that, uh, in that poem. Hey, you've heard the poem. Uh once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping on my chamber door. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. So, I mean, that, that, uh, uh, that wasn't hard, you know, but those colors, they have like those dark primary colors and that's one of the few uh nfl teams that has all dark primary colors and it's pretty beautiful to watch except for when they're beating my steelers anyway on that note that's it uh we're going to take a a, a two-week break i will be out of town next week going out with my family so i'll see you guys in two weeks but references thanks to the poetry foundation uh the raven by edgar Allan poe also denverbroncos.com Sako says how orange the orange and blue began august 7th 2022 by jim sacramento and also a youtube video one of my favorite ones to follow uh per nfl network nfl throwback how every nfl team got their colors this has been the behind the mic podcast again i'm your host michael neal jr this show is presented by both belly up sports and belly up media belly up sports podcast network and check us out at bellyupsports.com check uh check out those stories the merch you can buy as well as the shows that you can find on our home base of megaphone apple podcast spotify google podcast amazon music stitcher iHeartRadio, and youtube 
play catch up this week. You know, not only listen to this one on tomorrow morning, starting on Wednesday morning, this morning. If you are one of those 6 a.m. getter uppers that like to listen to this show, go ahead and check it out. But also check out some of the other shows. Uh, Go go back. Check them out. Because if you don't, I'll find your house. I'm out.